0: Welcome to A Bite of D&D Podcast, where we add flavor to your campaigns and games. I am Zach, your host. Sitting across from me is Micah, my co-host. And to my right is the illustrious Sam Jack,
1: our Ooh. special guest. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you doing today, Sam? I'm doing okay, man. I'm really, really stoked about your tagline. Really? That's so great. you enjoy it? Mm-hmm. We should have done it on the other
2: episodes. Okay, be cool. be this cool. is we new for this, this episode.
0: I thought about it all weekend, or all week. Oh, I so great.
2: I wish we had... Film this so everyone could see your original, <laughs> <laughs> my original reaction to your tagline. Well, today we're going to be talking about wizards and
0: especially transmutation wizards. Um, a brief overview would be that wizards must prepare their spells ahead of time. They can learn an infinite amount of spells with enough time and gold. It's all based around their book. Um, before we dive into wizards, for new players, I get a lot of questions that are like, "What is the difference between a wizard?" And a sorcerer. So maybe can you guys drop out a couple ideas that you want to say as far I as that mean,
2: goes? First and foremost, uh, the sorcerer's magic all comes from within. They don't prepare anything. Um, the spells they learn, um, they can just cast. Um, they don't have to have it prepared ahead of time. And they don't have to go to school for it, whatever else. It changes the backstory mm-hmm. of how your your character came into this power i guess
1: yeah um wizards i think seem to be a lot more just in play wise they end up being a lot more studious um a lot more measured a lot more based on intelligence and knowledge and sorcerers are more based on what they can get away with um you know a lot of times i think of wizards as sort of the book learning and the sorcerers as street smarts
2: and that's kind of a, a demonstrated in the their primary attribute, and right. that sorcerers are from charisma, and uh, wizards are from intelligence. Yep, uh, and then the only thing I would add to that is that wizard
0: schools um, are kind of their subclass that increase their versatility and their utility within the game. Um, Sorcerer subclasses are these paths, and what they offer, along with metamagic, is the ability to boost spells that they already have. So you'll find when you play a wizard, you have a lot more spells, and there's a lot more variety when it comes to that. Sorcerers, they have a smaller spell list, and they're more focused on improving or fine-tuning those spells with metamagic to get exactly what you're looking for in that flavor. So those are the two differences between all that. Uh, Of the two classes. So today we're going to talk specifically about transmutation wizards. Now, Micah, can you tell the audience why we chose transmutation as the subclass?
2: Yeah, so the reason we chose transmutation is because we're trying to think of something that a lot of people probably look over um they don't it's not something they jump to right away. Uh we feel like a lot of people go to evocation, necromancy, something like that, something that's going to directly improve combat. And we think transmutation offers a lot of really cool stuff that may not be apparent the first time you look at it.
0: Yeah. Uh Sam, what's your kind of initial take on the transmutation?
1: System? Um so what I guess what I like about transmutation wizards or what what I think the hook is for transmutation wizards is that they Uh, Sort of double down on that idea that I was talking about, where wizards are the studious, the ones that stay in the lab, the ones that, um, you know, they're smarter than your average character. Um, So I think transmutation in a lot of ways kind of doubles down on that. I see them as the researchers, as the alchemists, as the, you know, experimenter Mm -hmm. types. Um, So if you want to imagine a wizard in a tower somewhere with bubbling cauldrons and, and, and beakers and pipettes and, and stuff like that doing potions and doing weird magical research. I think I think transmutation wizard is the one that kind of hits that. They're not out there slinging spells, you know, maybe and they're not even maybe seeking for deep dark knowledge. They're the ones that are more scientific about yeah, it. They're like, "Oh, what does this do?" Yeah. Cool. And a
0: cool thing that that's going to do is help steer your party if you're a DM into more RP scenarios as opposed to combat scenarios right. if that's what you're that's what you want is have a player that plays this transmutation wizard, because they're not gonna want to dive into combat every right. session. They're gonna want to go in and, and, and have more meaningful interactions or more out of combat interactions. Yeah, and
1: I would let a I would let a player a transmutation wizard player let them make a quest out of seeking out interesting uh ingredients yeah. or you know, things like that. That's something that I might use. And
2: that's a way to on the flip side of that coin, um, draw them into combat scenarios. Yeah. um, Because say you need some monster parts or something for this and then your other players get to go slay these creatures um, and it draws them out of their comfort zone.
0: So what's an ability that the transmutation wizard has? I mean, you can look in the the, uh, player's handbook i think uh around page 118 119 you're going to see a list of abilities that they have that no other wizard has what are some of those abilities that we really like so
2: the first one they get right at level two which i think is awesome and that is minor alchemy these guy it takes 10 minutes but doesn't require a spell slot it's not limited by a short or long rest you can do this as many times as you want so long as you have the time to do it and over 10 minutes they can manipulate a square foot of a material such as wood stone metal into a different type of material and the reason i like this is it gives them again this goes back to the role-playing aspect of it is it gives them so many different avenues to approach a situation um if you need to to sneak in somewhere get something well maybe you turn the wall into uh wood, like the stone wall into wood. You can chop it down real quick because it lasts for an hour, and then when it transforms back, it's stone again, but it doesn't matter. You're already in there. Um, maybe get through a lock, something like that. I, there's a lot of things you can do. With, uh, the other thing I put down is maybe in a pinch, you, you've had your, your weapons and stuff stolen. You can whittle a, a couple wooden weapons and then prep ahead of time where they transform that into like Metal. raw iron or something, and you have right. some improvised weapons that they can kind of craft for you in a pinch.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that that, that out-of-combat ability, um, a, car- a player who uses the transmutation wizard in an interesting way would, would, would be really fun to play with. One of the things
0: that I like, kind of railroading into that, is the major transformation that they get um, at a later level. Um, it's similar to that minor alchemy, but you can... Uh, transmute five square feet in 10 minutes instead of 50 minutes. The wording is also important because it's a permanent transformation.
1: Oh, it's, it's a I permanent read transformation
2: yeah. and it doesn't change it from one material to the other. It changes it from one object into another object.
0: Right? Yes. Yes. But the, but the benefit here is that it's permanent. So, um, that opens, again, just a whole lot of RP story elements and different things that your character could do. This is a great class if you are playing with a group of people who like puzzles and traps and that sort of thing. Right, This is a great character to have in that party where they can sit down and think of really cool, interesting approaches to any problem that the dm throws their way and it's a cool thing for a dm to have even though they'll screw you over sometimes because they have these abilities that that maybe you don't think about but it's a really cool thing to challenge a dm with uh, a character who can just
2: manipulate yeah if you want to throw a dm's plans off the rails i think these are a, this is a pretty good class to, to <laughs> do something that with.
1: yeah i like the transmuter stone it it, it happens Ooh, yeah. right It happens right at the point of the game. This is me talking from a DM's perspective. Happens right at the point in the game where things shift from we're down in the basements killing rats, we're killing goblins, into where the game uh, becomes more about the characters and the game becomes more about the larger world. Yeah. So at sixth level, you make a transmutation or transmuter stone, and you can choose the benefit that it has, and it's dark vision, speed. Proficiency in constitution saves or resistance to a particular type of damage. This is where the game begins to circumvent those little bitty problems. It's just like in Pokemon when you get that repel. So every time you go through high tall grass you don't get attacked. It's the same thing. It just just changes the whole scope of the game and it makes convenient the things that used to be inconvenient. Yes. And so I think that it happens at a good time. That means it's a well... Balance mechanic, but it's also interesting as a character because you can uh, help your party get better at certain things. Well,
2: and I like it because again, it, it gives you a lot of options that are are useful from uh, again more of a role play situation. I mean, in most games, someone is going to have dark vision in your party. You don't necessarily need that for combat. You don't necessarily always need the the plus ten movement speed for combat. Um, resistances are nice, but I think the uh, calm proficiency is deceptively beneficial uh, because of concentration checks. Yeah. Um, So it does give them something that makes them, while it doesn't look exciting on paper, does make them a lot more useful in combat, but I don't think it takes away from their identity as a transmutation wizard. It
1: gives them utility.
2: Yeah. And which was really what transmutation wizards are all about, is is their utility. And I think uh, that moving into
0: uh micah can you tell us a little bit about the next thing that kind of they get right after that transmutation so in that polymorph and i think you had some thoughts on uh they have a better version of poly- polymorph that's uh, maybe a little bit more restricted but
2: polymorph is nice because they get it at a level when even druids who are like specked into like circle of the moon or something um druids can't yet polymorph into a something that can fly um, and polymorph is not restricted to that. It's restricted to like less than CR one or something like that. Um, but allows them to kind of scout ahead to do some of that stuff. Um, and I, I'm, I'm honestly kind of torn on this ability because I, I do really like it, but I think it, it unfortunately does take away a little bit from the druid's identity when you're like, well, I'll go fly over this ravine and check things out. And, uh, the druid can stay here and he can turn into <laughs> a bear, I guess.
1: It it makes me think about the old uh, Warcraft game cinematic where uh, Medivh could like turn into a raven and fly around. So That makes sense to me,
2: like yeah, a wizard. No, I, I I like the the flavor of it. I think it makes sense. I just I, it makes me feel a little bit bad for druids because they get it before druids have the ability right. to fly. Yeah, uh, but it, again, it's it's utility. You can turn into like a mouse and get under a door. You can fly over something and kind of scout out there because nobody's looking for a bird.
0: But well, let's talk about. I mean, we just talked about how they steal a little bit from the, the druids' thunder in that way. Let's talk a little bit about how at later levels they steal from the cleric's thunder and become a very powerful healer.
2: Yeah, so this was not something I expect to see in the class when I was writing stuff up for it, uh, but they get an ability called Panacea. Glad well, you pronounced it first, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Someone will berate me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm sure Panacea, but I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Who knows? I think it's a hard
0: C. I think it's Panachia.
2: <laughs> Pinocchio. Yeah. Uh but yeah, this is this is not something I expected to find. This is arguably I I, I don't think it's much of an argument. I think it, it is very blatantly the strongest heal available in the game. So uh this is stronger than a ninth level healing from like a life cleric. Like a level twenty, ninth level spell, it this will do more healing. At level fourteen. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, it uses up your transmutation stone. You can only use it once, but in a pinch, uh, because per day, per day, per day. day, Yeah. This, this, it is no roll. It's no nothing. You're cured of any diseases, poisons, basically any negative effect and you're set to full health. Um, so if you've got a barbarian, which by that level with a D 12, even if you're only taking the average, which is like a, a and seven. Then, seven and a half. Yeah, oh, well, I guess. As an seven American plus game, your con, so you, they're still probably gaining like, 11 hit points a level. They're sitting at, like, 160 hit points. Uh, plus, if they're able to utilize their resistance, that puts them effectively at 320. That they'll I mean, take, yeah. That they'll take in damage. I mean, this is getting into number crunchy stuff, but, I mean, they sit at one hit point, and you go, and now they're good. Like it,
0: it's, The ability to heal... Over 100 hit points guaranteed in one round
1: is yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it, the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. It, it's, it's the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, it's man. like the Philosopher's Stone. I was thinking about Harry Potter.
2: That, so was uh, he. Yeah, so was <laughs> I. That was the My original. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, so, yeah, at level 14, transmuta- Hidden in Transmutation Wizard is a the best heal. That you're going to find in the game.
1: Well, they can also cast Ray's Dead. Okay, using now, the same ability.
2: Now, the reason I don't like Raise Dead. I think that is the... Well, no, Restore Life is probably even worse than that. Uh, but they're great for roleplay. Again, that, that's what these guys are really about. But the reason I don't like raise Dead is because it is so easy in 5th edition to find some source of Raising the Dead. You have 10 days to find someone to do it. It costs you a little bit of gold. You take them to a church. It's And, and it, it is super cheap according to the, the rules in 5e. So well. It, it, <laughs> you know it depends
1: on your DM. You know what I have to say? To hell with the book. <laughs>
2: That's hard to do, <laughs> uh but I do again, I like it from a role play scenario. maybe you go into town because you're in town, they get attacked by these people there's and you know it's like the Avengers thing where they blow up half the city to save everybody, and you can go, my bad, i'll stay here for a few days and I'll resurrect your dead and uh so it, I think it can be useful from a role-playing situation and a pinch if someone happens to die in 5e, which, again, is very hard to do in this edition. Um, it's one of my... my Says you. Th- uh, it's, it's pretty tough. It's pretty <laughs> tough. I, like, you can knock someone out, but to outright kill them is pretty difficult I feel like in this edition but if it happens in a pinch you can bring him back so you're not down someone I'm in a life. little bit so terrified not... to play in Sam's games now with yeah. the, uh, the amount <laughs> of says, who says you, you you said I was I was evil when we were doing our, our, <laughs> our special episode for this week but uh, you're killing people in 5e I'm,
1: I'm a bit worried I've only lost a few characters in 5e <laughs> but I haven't played 5e for that long so. there you
0: go uh, anything else that you guys find interesting about this, as uh, so we're kind of starting to wrap up this portion of it before we get into the NPCs and whatnot?
1: Well, uh, we
2: briefly mentioned it, but they do have Restore Life. Um, again, the reason I said this was only really useful from a role-playing perspective is that you only restore the appearance of youth. Um, if if your organs have started to go out and stuff because of old age and you have like frailty and stuff like that, it doesn't actually get rid of that. Um, but if you're running from the law or something, maybe you can drop a dozen years or so and suddenly you look nothing like the person that they're trying to find. Or maybe there's this nice uh, – this, this person you're trying to get a favor from and they miss uh, the days where they look good. Um, and so you you give them back the appearance of youth uh, and, and – kind of play into their vanity or something a little bit so there's a lot of good role-playing uses for this but mechanically it's it's awful
1: um you guys have a lot more experience sounds like with high level campaigns in fifth edition than i do are there any new transmutation high level transmutation spells that are interesting in fifth i don't
2: i most of the spells have carried over pretty consistently throughout the games um I'd say there's actually fewer options than there probably were in Pathfinder and 3.5. Okay, um, but it, it's your. I'd say you're still pretty standard stuff. I mean, the major transformation um, is great, especially because it's permanent. But a spell at that level is going to oftentimes achieve a very similar effect. It's gotcha. just not always permanent. Um, it's useful. Um, but as a caster, it's nice because you're not using a spell slot, but as a caster, you'll still have similar options available to you. Yeah.
0: So, in the next segment that we're going to do, uh, we want to kind of pitch at you some NPCs or some scenarios that you, as a dungeon master, uh, might use to bring transmutation wizards into your game. If your players haven't picked one, if you're like, but these are cool, you guys see the value of these, <laughs> of, of this class or these characters. These are some ideas that you can have to to make little adventures or little quests that your characters can run through. A classic example, something that um, you'll see crop up in several games is that a, a wizard has polymorphed himself into something and the party is required or asked to Help him turn back into a wizard. So there's some chain of events, and that can easily be a transmutation wizard. There, um, if you guys have any immediate ideas, I could pitch another one, and then you guys can kind of follow up if you have any. Just basically, we're looking, we're talking about quest hooks as far uh, as this goes.
2: I mean, right along with what you said, I just recently played in a game uh, hosted by someone that was on the uh, Don Forgecast page. And um, they're trying to. They're they're kind of a starter DM, trying to learn um, a bit about the the game. They're they're running it for other DMs, hoping to get feedback and stuff. And they had a a fun little campaign they ran through where the the wizard had uh, been polymorphed by his apprentice and uh, needed some help. So you had to go take care of that, and the uh, ultimately. The uh, wand backfired on us at the end, and we accidentally (laughs) blew up The Apprentice. Uh, But we were successful in transforming the wizard back, so we were still rewarded, and that's all that really matters. But yeah, uh, uh, having someone be transformed, um, I think anything where, again, we kind of talked about pulling a wizard out of their comfort zone, well, maybe they're to the point where... They have the resources. They don't want to leave their comfort zone, so they task it to your party to go find them some resources uh, for their experiments, things like that.
1: Yeah, I think that's good idea. Um, I I think that the type of transmutation wizard that stays in his tower is really interesting, and maybe even like you know in the old days they used to have like this tower of tricks that was kind of just a funhouse dungeon. Yeah, uh, where you'd run through it. So I've had I've had transmutation wizards in my campaigns before that will make these together and basically run. Uh, Run parties through them, um, so that's kind of a fun thing. Especially if you're ne- if you need something for your party to do that isn't part of the main quest line, that's something that's interesting. Um, the other one that occurred to me while I was thinking about this episode was like a transmutation wizard that f- focuses on augmenting himself. Mm. So, like things like the spiked growth or whatever that kind of stuff, where maybe you'll have somebody that maybe is more of a melee wizard or something that augments his own body in weird ways. It'd probably be better as a DM character because oh, then you sure. could yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you, you'd you'd have the world a little, little bit so it's that, stone but. skin and all that kind of stuff. But you know, if you made a wizard that was like that, that all of his spells were focused on um, you know, making himself weirder yeah. uh, and more like freaky that. and terrifying. and Maybe you know, he's
2: trying to attain godhood or something yeah. and try and make himself into the perfect being.
1: Right. And that's also a good idea. I mean, you could do a ton of stuff with, with just the search for eternal life and, and all of that stuff. I mean, that's... Well, then a couple things. things I saw campaign.
0: From, their, from their ability checklist. Um, yeah. I like the idea of their, their minor alchemy. Um, so if you had, like, a wizard who tasked a party with delivering a, a, a cart full of gold for him to some mafia crew or whatever, they get there, pull the tarp off, and it's transmuted into copper. And now you have the situation where the mafia is blaming your party for swapping out the gold for the copper or whatever. I mean, there's some, there's some fun things there using that ability at, at a heightened form. And then something else that I thought would be fun is, I mean, just anything that you can design around their abilities that, that are presented in the books. I like the idea of their, their stone, their ability to shape stone and whatnot. And how would that come across to dwarves? And, you know, arguably these, these, high-level transmutation wizards could be better miners, better tunnelers than these expert <laughs> dwarves and what kind of hijinks and and competitions and whatnot could be raised in sort of that scenario.
2: Yeah. Um, the other thing you could do, if we're, we're sticking specifically with the books, is have someone, uh, kind of a, a, an evil uh, transmutation wizard who's using his, you know, kind of once a day restoring youth to people, um bringing people back from the dead in order to kind of build this cult up around him that he has these you know powers over uh, life and death and so he you can kind of have this cult leader out of it as well because they revere him as some sort of god as he brings people back from the dead and restores uh, these older people back to their
1: their youngster days I like that a lot. <laughs> I'm going to use that one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah, I like that. Um, they also have the gravity well stuff, the time stop stuff. All of the transmutation spells are very interesting. Yeah. Um, I always think about it in terms of, you know, what if this went wrong and it was stuck in this area for a while. So Right. Um, something like that where, you know, if you go into the area, it's a gravity well and everything flies up. Mm. Um, or time slows down or time speeds up. Stuff like that is interesting, too.
0: That'd be very cool. Yeah. Mm. Awesome.
1: Well, thank you so much, Sam, for uh, yeah. being a part of this
0: episode. Uh, can you share with the, with our audience a little bit about where they could find you on the Internet?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do a podcast with my friend uh, Matthew. It is a more of a general conversation podcast called According to the Technical Rules. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, our podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher and the Google Play Store. Um, Both of those places you can find us at according to the technical rules. Uh, I am also a reader on a project called Blogs on Tape, uh, which is available through the Papers and Pencils blog. Uh, We read uh, popular or interesting blog posts um, so that you can listen to them uh, on your commute or while you're doing things instead of uh, having to read them yourself. Uh, So that's both of the places you can find me. I'm also on Twitter. If you want to get a hold of me, it's at Samj. A-T-T-R.
0: Awesome. Uh, We're going to be putting up on our social media, on our Facebook page, uh, along with this episode, I'm going to put out a transmutation dragonborn wizard, um, just as kind of an NPC that you can run around with. I will uh, tout that a little bit, because I think that a dragonborn wizard should be called a bookworm. (laughs) Ha! All right, uh, that's that's your little tidbit for the day. Um, um, So, thank you so much for listening, uh, and we'll see you all next week.
2: Yep, as always, guys. If you have any thoughts or feelings on this, uh, hit us up on Facebook. Share your own experiences. Chomp chomp.